You are now listening to the Bucket Up Podcast. Find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you can find podcasts, my dude. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to submit any questions, topics, or shoot the shit with the homies. On today's episode of the Bucket Up Podcast, we brought on the homie Osahan Irabor to talk about the life before and after college football. I reviewed the movie Little. I had another wild restaurant experience. Anderson Pox, New Album Ventura, and much, much more. Shouts to the sponsor, Sunday Scaries, man. We got gummies that will alleviate the anxiety that uh, everybody <laughs> for us. So. Yeah, definitely yeah. check out sundayscaries.com. Um, you know, when you go there, use the promo code BUCKETUP and get 10% off of the, the gummies to ease your anxiety, ease your Sunday Scaries, all the good shit. Yeah, bro. It's like the idea of like, fuck, Monday's coming and like Sunday's not that long enough. So you get the anxiety. But if you eat one of these gummies, bro, you just be cool. <laughs> what was the uh, the craziest like crowd you've heard? Utah. Um, Utah? <laughs> uh, you- surprise, surprise. Utah, yeah, 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 bro. Let's talk. Let's talk about oh, it. Oh, no. Nah. I yeah, want to hear about it. Messy yeah, Jesse it. zone. Yeah, yes. Oh. Four times. Four ain't give a shit, bro. Bitch. Ha. Ha. Uh. Uh, she see I sign with the baby, I'm major oh, She pop a E with no chase I, I spit crack, come get you a taste I don't for no hoe, little bitch, I'm a player Hot, the feds say I'm on they radar Them young uh, niggas go everywhere with AR uh, I'm fucking this hoe like a porn star Ooh. I'm a deep in the whip with four rods yeah. I think this little nigga too high for me high. Ain't no searching, bitch, I got the Glock with me Ain't got nothing but pink and blue hundreds blue. Bitch, it look like I'm playing Monopoly I, I, Okay, watch how I switch up, I pulled up Cast out at the lot, then pulled up, picked your bitch up <laughs> Now when I'm at the mall, all the people, they follow me Right trying to ask for a picture I light his ass up like a Swisher yeah. When you bitch in my phone, I don't pick up I'm sick, I don't think nobody Yo, sick You're now listening to Volume 81 of the Bucket Up Podcast Here with your boy Ty Doyle A.K.A. DJ Buttersauce A.K.A. Ty Lante, A.K.A. your mom called me over to cure her hangovers And I'm here as always with the homie The Kid JB was good Really good, man The Kid JB could have been right last week A.K.A. Mr. Told You So Not because I'm always right But when I am, I'm like, shit, I told you so Mr. Excited and Happy, bro We got a guest in the building, bro Let's just bring him in Off rip, Osahan Irabor From the Brotherhood, as I like to call it That is the Arizona State University, man Forks up for life But let's bring him in to episode 81 of the pod Osahan, welcome to the pod, bro What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Dude, very hyped, man. Um, little background for the Buckets, a.k.a. our audience. Um, Osan and I went to the same college. I don't remember the year you graduated your undergrad. Was it 15 or 14? Uh, I finished in 2013. Oh, 13. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so 2013 was my junior year, and that's kind of the year I started covering you guys from – the Walter Cronkite School of uh, Journalism. And that's when I linked up with one of your homies and one of my good friends and your teammates, uh, Tyler Sulka, who <laughs> starting lineman um, for the Devils. I think he started back in 2012 all the way through my uh, his graduating year of 15. But yeah, man, um, tell the buckets kind of where you're from, where you're at now, what you're doing, and kind of how your path to ASU started. 
Yeah, man. Tyler's my guy, by the way. That's my boy, Tyler Soka. I think he's yeah. just getting married, too. So shout out to Tyler. He's the, yeah, he's the homie, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's taking that plunge. Um, but um, yeah, I'm from Southern California, uh, from Upland. I uh, went to a high school called Upland High School. Uh, that's where I played, you know, high school football and, uh, you know, started my path playing football. Um, I actually never played football growing up. I was a basketball player. I'm still a basketball junkie. That's like my first love, my first, my first baby. And, uh, you know, I just got to high school and stopped growing. So I was only like 5'10", 5'9 and a half. And, and for me, it was like, all right, what sport are you going to play? You know, I'm passionate about sports. I wanted to play uh, Division One sports, you know, my whole life growing up. So I made the transition to football my freshman year, ended up playing football um, and, and just being really good, being real, real athletic. So, yeah, I'm IE born and raised, man. That's sick, dude. And then, uh, shit, well, we, you know, we'll get a touch more on your football career and uh, past and present and later. But, yeah, like I said, welcome to the pod, bro. And at this time, we do a little weekend review. So, Ty, bro, what you what happened this weekend, man? I know you were all in the snaps with the wedding and shit. Yeah, I've probably been the most live on Snap and Instagram as I've probably been ever. And that is definitely due to alcohol. Um, <laughs> I, I, this weekend was, you know, a big one. We had a... A wedding, Katie's cousin. Um, we got married this weekend. Shouts to her and her new uh, husband. Um, hopefully, you know, they have a nice, beautiful life together. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, all the homies around, you know, were invited. So it was a nice big wedding. Some funny shit, though, is, you know, you know, people say black people run on color people time. <laughs> I wasn't. Katie was in the wedding, so I wasn't with her. You know, mm-hmm. she she had been there since nine on Saturday. Sounds like an excuse is coming, but I oh, I so <laughs> you know I'm I'm going you know because I'm trying to figure out the perfect you know outfit to go to this wedding to. So I went to the mall. You know, I you know I was, went early as shit. I you know I wanted to sleep in, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna go early and try to check some shit out. I was at the mall for like two hours. I come back, I'm good. I had three hours before the wedding. I'm you know I'm getting ready, and of course my dumb ass was like. I don't got, you know, it only take 30 minutes to get there. You know, if I leave like 40, 35 minutes before, I'll be fine. Of course, there's a goddamn accident right on the exit. As <laughs> soon as I get on, somebody just smacked that guy in a car accident. So I'm just chilling in that, and I end up like 13 minutes late to the damn wedding, and it's like already halfway through the fucking, the like, uh, they're like doing the vows and shit. Sound I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like sneaking in. <laughs> Katie sees me and she gives me a, she gives me a look like mm. and then and then like you know, I mean I caught them getting married like they did the whole pronounce you you know man and wife <laughs> right you're and, like yo what happened everyone got the highlights they're like yeah they said they they do like, well, oh, I, I, <laughs> well no I literally came just in time for them to be like yeah uh, well, do you take this person do you take this person I was like all right cool so I'm, <laughs> I saw them get married you know yeah right. It was all- <laughs> It seemed like it all went to plan, you know? Right, right. But then, like, they did the walkout, and then Katie gave me the wildest look, and everybody started laughing in the wedding, bro. <laughs> 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 and they were like, yeah, dog, she definitely did the scan for you when you wasn't here. And they were, and, uh, we were like, damn, Ty in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had to make up for it a little bit, but then, you know, I had, like, four or five Long Island ICs, so I wasn't feeling any of it anymore anyway. <laughs> I, uh, remorse goes away when you're drunk, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah, that was my weekend. Also, I caught a movie. I don't know if – did you catch a movie this weekend? Yeah, I watched one on Netflix, man. Oh, so I don't know if you've seen, like, 
some of the Netflix movies that have come out, but they suck. They're all and, trash. Yeah, yeah and uh, the one I, I watched this weekend was called The Perfect Date. And at this point, bro, it's not about the movies sucking that amazes me. It's about like how these movies can get greenlit in the writer's room. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you. And they also like just start working on them. Like, for example, this movie is about a dude that is broke from a uh, poor family and wants to get to a rich college. He's got the grades, but don't got the money. Has to raise the money somehow. Gets paid to go on a date for a girl that's a an outcast. What do you guys think happens? He falls in love with the girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how it works. Some, some formulaic shit. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, fam, how are they in the writer's room? And they're just like, all right, Jim, what do you got? He's like, all right, why don't we, <laughs> why don't we get like a girl fall in love with the dude that like they didn't think they'd be in like, like, like even like each other. And they're like, yo, word, run it. Like, how do they do that shit? <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it goes, what you just described right there. <laughs> I'm saying, bro. It's on money and everything. It can't take longer than that. I really, and I'm not, I mean, I, I'm trying to be funny. Yeah, let's be real. But beyond that, I'm not trying to be funny when it comes to this shit. Like, yo, how do you guys make this? Because the movie, I called it from jump. Like, 10 minutes in, I'm like, yo, bet he's going to end up liking her because she's down to earth. And that's what it was. He was chasing, like, the high-class girls, the high-profile cars. And he found out, like, oh, you know, cliche chick was not cool because she was just pretty. And then the dude with the car was not even a cool dude. He was just, like, insecure. Mm. So I could have wrote that shit. You know what? I don't even get why they still do this shit. Like, why don't they just show real life? Show the dude getting with the chick who sucks. Or, like, you know what I mean? Or, the you know, the girl who's, like, getting with the dude just for money. Like, that shit happens in real life, too. Why not? (laughs) Right. They could be like, hey, aren't you going to, like, have a coming of age, you know, epiphany? Nah. Nah. (laughs) I'm gonna I, just have kids with him and then get divorced in 15 years from now. Yeah, he's the quarterback. <laughs> he's the quarterback. That's all I care about. Yeah. They know. They know America's not trying to see that shit. Keep it a buck. Nah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. man. But anyway, it was called a perfect date, and it was not a perfect movie. So I give it a one and a half bucket hats. Usually we rank it out of five, bro. So one in one point five. I like the usually if I give a movie one bucket hat, it's just because like I'm like, good job, you guys put a movie together, you know? Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, Netflix basically just doing all this because uh, you know they they get all the like stuff that people watch on Netflix is from other people, and so people starting to charge them too much for it, so they just trying yeah. to do all their own shit, and so now they they just cranking stuff out like just so they can have shit on there for people to watch. You know what I mean? The worst shit I've ever seen was on Netflix. It was that fucking movie with Will Smith. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. You seen that shit? Oh, oh my yeah, god! Like movie critic, critic. Like I'm hell. I'm brutal when I when I rate movies. So I made it to forty minutes of that shit. That shit is no, trash. Nah, good. That, that's when I gave up on all these. I haven't seen Burn Box. I haven't wasted my time with this. I don't see none of that shit. That's right. Mm. My boy at work. I tell that shit was yeah. wild because Will Smith was like serious acting in that, and it was like the whole movie is just like wild, bro. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, my boy, I was t- trying to tell him about that movie, Us, the Jordan Peele movie, and he was like, oh, I don't like movies with messages. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what? I was what? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that mean? I was like, oh, well, let me tell you about this movie called Air Bud, dog. It's about, about a dog that plays basketball. I know. I was like, the fuck does that mean, bro? Literally, I, like, I can't, I can't think of a movie shit. that don't got any kind of message. Like, you can oh, take yeah. a message from every movie. It's so like, funny. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Don't go to random houses in the fucking middle of Texas, middle bro. That's Texas, a ma- yeah, yeah, bro. Like, 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 do you like documentaries? Because there's a difference, bro. 
this this I don't I don't go to the movies to learn shit, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, uh, so, uh, I I watched that, dude. But then uh, yesterday morning, I woke up, went to go see the nephews Jaden and Jordan ball out at their little like nine year old basketball game, and they got the dub, so we cool. Um, but then we went and got breakfast after. Went to Lolo's Chicken and Waffles at Gilbert. And, oh, yeah. And I, yeah, they just opened up one, I guess. And, bro, uh, Osan, one of our things in throughout the pod is for some reason I get horrible in uh, restaurant service. And I'm not a bad dude. I feel like I just show up, I order, and I walk out, I tip well, like I'm good. <laughs> but for some reason, I have this weird vibe of like just getting slow service, poor service. I've had like, uh, like altercations with rest uh, waiters, and now it's like even like trickled in into the ether. And now Ty gets bad service when he goes to restaurants, and he's like, "Man, it's ever since I've been fucking with you, yeah, bro, that shit trickled and rubbed on the mind. Secondhand, some secondhand shit. Right? It's weird as shit. So with that being said, we go to Gilbert Lolo's, right? And I was hyped because I like that spot. I got the three piece smothered uh, mac and cheese and buttered corn with a red Kool Aid. And I'm hyped, but then first of all, it took like 45 minutes for our food to come, right? And I also ordered a waffle. And when the 45 minutes or so, uh, we still didn't see the girl. DJ had the flag down, like some other dude that was working there, and he's like, uh, "Who's your waitress?" And DJ's like, "I really don't know, man. She's been gone for so long, I forgot." What she <laughs> And he's like, all right, well, I'll try and find somebody. We're like, all right. So then that was, you know, 45 minutes kind of turned into an hour. So it was more of an hour when we got our food. We got our food from somebody else, right? So we still don't know what our waitress looked like. Mm-hmm. And uh, food came, and I don't know, man. I, may, I think it may have just been sitting under some, like, heat lamp because it didn't taste fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. And both DJ and I ordered a waffle, and that shit didn't come. So then we just never saw the waitress again. You know what I'm saying? And we're like, all right, well, this is weird because now I'm out of Kool-Aid. Everyone else was out of water. Mm. Um, we were with his kids, and they're nine years old, so they're getting impatient. And, you know, they're more mature than I am. But <laughs> they're, they're like, Dad, can we leave? Like, what, what are we doing here, you know? And he's like, I don't know, man. We're waiting, <laughs> we're waiting for the lady. And he's like, where's the lady? We, we don't got the answers for him, you know? So then I told DJ, I was like, bro, you know, if the kids weren't here, I would just walk the fuck out right now. But uh, I'm not trying to set a bad example, you know? He's like, yeah, I know. I know. I got you. So we wait even longer, man. Hour and 15, hour and 20, hour and 30. We there for like two hours, bro. And now it's getting like a little serious. And we're like, yo, this is a long ass while. And we're not, we haven't seen her. And then she finally comes with the bill, right? And it's all together. And DJ's like, oh, can you split it up? And she's like, well, how? And it was just uh, me and my girl and then him and his two sons. And what's funny is they just came from the basketball game, so they all had matching T-shirts on. And it's like, man, you couldn't tell that him and the two boys (laughs) were together and me and my girl. (laughs) Like, they all had the same fucking colored T-shirt on. So then after we asked her to go split the bill, bro, she was gone again. And, and instead of just going right back to the machine and bringing us back the bill, she went to go like sweep the floor and clean some dishes Wow! and help other tables. So I'm still looking at DJ, looking at him like, yo, bro, all you got to do is say the word and we walking out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's like, nah, man, the kids are here, blah, blah. 
I was like, tell the kids that like it's someone we want a gift or some shit. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he was like, all right, give me a minute. And then like the kids got up, started playing for a little bit, like you know, wandering. And he's like, all right, boys, we leaving. <laughs> and we just <laughs> got up and walked the fuck out, man. <laughs> and that's how I do it, man. I don't care. I don't give a fuck, man. That's like people are like, oh, karma, blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, karma's coming back to her, fam. She's yeah, going to learn that, work. like, m- money's priority, bro, yeah. bro. Especially in that job, you're supposed to flip the tables. So it's like, you're supposed to get me in and out, right? Yeah, it's supposed to right. So they got me in and out. I just impatient. That was wild, bro. I, like, I ain't never walk out on the bill, B. Well, it's all good because I'll just never, I'll just never I'm, go back again. You know? I'm going to be real with you, though. I definitely would not be going to a Lolo Chicken and Waffles in Gilbert. That's man. what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the last location be like, uh-uh. Uh, okay, I understand. <laughs> However... Like, I'm like the one in Scottsdale iffy, but I seen I seen some niggas in there, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it was the basketball game was in Gilbert. You Mm. know me. I'm just trying to make some decisions quick. I hate, you know, going from A to B. I'm just trying to get there, get my food in. I'm the low, I'm the low maintenance one when it comes to food. But yeah, so shouts to the free breakfast yesterday. There you go. (laughs) The free trans breakfast. Yeah. Was the food nice at the wedding, bro? Oh yeah, it was cool. We had the, you know, they was hitting us with the. We were at the wigwam, some like fancy, fancy country club. So they was hitting us with the foo foo little like plates where the the salmon's over the bed of mashed potatoes, <laughs> and it got a little bit of like the sauce you see on chopped and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? And so like it was like that. So like I wasn't full from eating, but it, it tasted good. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's um, what I was about to say. Oh, also, I saw, I did see that that movie Little. I don't know if you saw the previews for it. Oh, with Issa. Yeah, Issa Rae, the little girl. Uh, I think her name is Mersai. Something from uh, Blackish. Uh, and you had um, what's her name, Regina. I always get Regina Hall and Regina King mixed up. But I, I think it's Regina Hall. Um, yeah, it was it was their movie. It was cool. You know, it was it was a lot of child actors. And somebody told me this a while back. My homie Paige. Which just was like pointing out that every child actor kind of trash. You don't really bang with them. You know what I mean? Like even the you, know I mean, you mean, shouldn't be peeking that early. Shit, yeah, that's a real shit. That's yeah, like even the, that, that's a real ass person. Yeah, she was just like she was because I was like you like you like Stranger Things. She was like honestly, I don't really fuck with anything where it's like kids solving adult problems because like <laughs> that ain't that shit just not real. And I'm yeah. just like you right shit. <laughs> But yeah, so there's a lot of there's some kid actors in there, and they you know they were rough. Yeah, they're that's rough. like growing up watching like Three Ninjas and shit had me thinking like eight year olds could fight grown ass men. Like, <laughs> I yeah, it, you know that's not happening, fam. Yeah, how you wild. But then it, 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 sometimes I preach because there's some child actors you like, man, they really pulled that shit off. Or like, how the fuck they get Airbud to do all this shit? But <laughs> you know what I mean. But so like some of the kid acting were rough. Not the main girl. The main girl's good. Um, Issa's cool, obviously. Um, you know, Regina Hall is cool. So, you know, it was a nice movie that you probably watch with your kids and be like, all right, that, that is what it is. Um, you know, I'm, obviously, I went to support the community, but I, I get it like two and a half buckets out of out of five. Oh, uh, damn. All right. Well, Joel is trying to go sit, so I'm not probably I mean, gonna, after that. You got to support them. You, gotta, you know, it was, it was apparently it was the girl from Black is like idea and then she she produced it. So that's why, like, either way, it's a cool, you know. It's kind of a reverse 
of the what's that guy's name? Uh, Tom Hanks movie, like Big. Oh yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> right. Shazam <laughs> movie is like the same thing too. Anyway, uh, but anyway, getting back to food. Yo, Osan, you live in LA right now. Yeah. Um. So you did live in Tempe, of yeah. course. So what's up with the food difference? Obviously, there's way better sushi in LA because there's way better everything. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. It's, man, that's the Mexican. Yeah. I, would, I always see like every time on Facebook, it's like wild fucking food creation. I'm like, this is either yeah. LA or New York, and it's yeah. always always LA, man. LA is extra. Like, uh, the, the best food in LA is like the street food, though. That's where. That's where you you see like the biggest crowds, where you see the most people, where you see all these like pop up trucks. That's that's the best shit. So like you said, Mexican food. We we got like a couple of taco trucks that we'll hit religiously. We're always there, always trying to eat that shit. So it's definitely Mexican food. They got all types of different shit. Like you said, all those creations. But I mean, you could find Ethiopian food, Indian food. Everything is just fire out there. Did you uh, you ever fuck with the like he said the things on Facebook like the giant ramen bowl oh, restaurants yeah, yeah. or any yeah, shit like yeah. that? Yeah, I fuck with all yeah. that shit. Sure. <laughs> the ramen I, I like Asian crazy food. fam. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Asian food over everything. I, mm-hmm. I eat this shit every single day. So that's tight. I've been to shit. San Diego and I think that's the only part of California I've been to. But yeah, once I go to LA, dude, I want to hit up definitely the food because being from New York, obviously, I, I I'm a, a pizza snob. <laughs> and uh you know of course other like mediterranean food and shit like that or yeah. cuban food i love but mm-hmm. i'm definitely i know that la has way better food than arizona obviously <laughs> so but like fuck yeah dude uh that's the one thing living out here is definitely a a shortcoming man like last night i was driving home from my broadcast shouts to the azcfl and uh i was like fuck man i want like a sandwich but like I had to go to Subway. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah that's the yeah. shit. Or it's that's cheap, shit. That franchise shit. Yeah. Pizza and Santin, like, they, their deli shit ain't at all. That's the one big thing. Like, pizza and that. But, other, you know, I, I didn't live in New York City. I was in upstate New York. So, like, I'm realizing now the only thing we good we did have up there was, was fucking pizza and Italian food. Because everything mm-hmm. else is better. Uh, sushi was good over there, too. Yeah. But anyway, man, that's tight. So how long you been living in L.A.? Man, uh, I came out here at the end of 2014. Okay, so cool. about four years, yeah. And you said you're originally from Upland, California? Yeah, Upland's in the IE, so it's like 40 minutes inland away from L.A. So that's oh, California. Wait, isn't, that's California like, close. Yeah, right, don't tell I know what IE stands for. Look, you uh, ever seen Inland Empire? You ever seen yeah, uh, Inland Next Empire. Friday? You seen Next Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cucamonga, yeah, Ranch yeah, Cucamonga. Yeah. That's what, that's right. Yeah, that's what, that's my whole area. <laughs> Yo, that's what's up. Yeah, when they win the lotto, they move to Rancho. They move like right around my block. Right? The Rancho yeah. Cucamonga Cracker Killer. Crack hey, <laughs> that's, that's awesome, shit, bro. Trust yeah, that. I have a homie time. Rod that lives there. Cool. Um. All right. So then. All right. So man, getting to it. When did you, you say you didn't start playing football till when? Till high school. Okay. Yeah. So what yeah, made you really. get into it? Uh, just to to keep it real, like I played basketball my whole life. Like I said, I played like AAU travel ball, and I was a pretty good point guard. Always athletic, all that shit. And then um, got into high school and broke my wrist during summer playing AAU basketball, so I couldn't play during the summer. And all the homies were like, you know, not on Xbox Live. Everybody was at football practice, and I'm sitting at home like, fuck, I can't game with nobody. I can't do shit. And uh, you know, one of the homies called me like ten days before 
uh, freshman football camp ended and just said, hey, like, you got to play. Like, everybody's playing. You know, we want you to play. So, man, I just tried it out, and I was always just a good athlete. And so, you know, from the moment I hopped out there, all the coaches were kind of like, damn, like, you got potential. You got some opportunity. And I remember, like, the head coach of the varsity team came up to me and said, man, if you play under me and let me coach you, uh, I'll get you a scholarship. And nice. so I just kind of, yeah, I just kind of like fell into it and, and, stuck, and stuck with it. Yeah, because I, I love basketball, man. I'm a, I'm a basketball head. I love basketball practice. I love going to the park shooting. I used to spend like four hours a day just out in the yard, just dribbling, working on my handles, everything. And like my whole family's like really tall. My brother's 6'3". Uh, my cousins that I live with are both 6'7". So I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm, th- I'm over here thinking I'm the next Kobe. Like I'm going to grow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be tall and <laughs> everything. And. You know, I just didn't get those genes. I got the, the the raw athleticism and the speed and the jumps and all that shit, but I, I just wasn't very tall. So I'm That's looking cool. at the landscape, like, just, you know, keeping it a buck with myself. Like, all right, man, play football. This is where, like, you, this is your niche. You're not, you know, this is you could be a corner and be good and, and, and do some shit. So I just started playing. Uh, went up to varsity after, like, my sophomore year, and I really didn't have, like, any plans for it. You know, I didn't have, like, any – real thought about like oh i'm gonna be good enough to play division one or any or anything like that i remember just sitting in like homeroom one morning and my coach called me and said like come to the office and i'm like fuck like did i miss you know homework did i miss school that would like what am i gonna get in trouble for and he i walked into his office and he handed me a phone and it was coach bray from the (laughs) university of arizona and he was like hey we just watched your film we just saw your highlights we want to offer you a scholarship and i was like fuck so that that was that was just like the beginning of it, and then from and that there, was junior year. That was uh at the end of my sophomore year. Oh, okay. Damn, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. 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 So it just started. I was like, "Fuck," you know. I was like, "Damn." I, I hung up the phone, you know, said thank you, blah blah blah. I called my mom. I was like, "Yo, we on?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and, and you you can't commit until junior year, right? Well, you man, you can now they got kids committing in like eighth grade, bro. It's oh, that's crazy. I think you, yeah. you can re, you can renege on a commit, yeah, you can re, yeah. It's not a, it's just verbal. It's verbal. Yeah. It's oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, until the deadline. Oh, right, right. So yeah, that that was the beginning of it, and that was on like a Monday or a Tuesday, and by the end of that week. I just started getting letters. I remember ASU sent me a letter. That was an offer. Uh, Oregon sent me a letter. That was an offer. I'm like, fuck. You know, so all these coaches were just fucking with the highlight tape and the athleticism, and it just kept going and kept going. And, you know, my junior season, I played offense and defense and was, you know, all state and, and one of the top uh, receivers and defensive backs, say, the senior year. And by the time I got to the end of high school, I probably finished with like 60, 65 different scholarship offers from That's all the different – schools and teams i had the whole like pack 12 of everybody uh messing with messing with me so it was pretty you know kind of ramped up really fast for me and it was kind of crazy dude crazy. so how wait, go back to how quick was your wrist healing from when you stopped playing basketball to when then you started playing football so i had i broke my right wrist and i was in a cast for like six weeks and I remember, like, after uh, the fourth week, I went back to the doctor, and he had some bad news. He was like, yo, your wrist isn't healing straight. I got some bad news. We're going to have to put some dry freeze on it, and I'm going to have to re-break it. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that's, that's what threw a wrench in, like, the whole plan. Because the, the, the plan for me was, like, all right, I'm going to heal up. You know, I have a couple weeks, blah, blah, blah. Then basketball season's, like, in the middle. You know, when you're in high school, basketball season's, like, in the middle of the school year. So, I'm right, like, right. I got plenty of time to get right, put a, you know, put some tape on it, whatever. Keep shooting. It's all good. <laughs> you should have so, acted yeah. like Booby Miles and been like, yo, who's paying you? 
You yo, you paying for Italy? That's my movie. Yo, that's who's paying? I'll pay you double, fam. <laughs> That was wild, bro. Yeah, I see that movie a hundred times, but uh, yeah, man, yeah. So I'm sitting in the doctor's office, man, and that shit—that was the most painful experience of my whole life, to be honest. Like I've I've had concussions, I, you know, messed up my labrum in a game. Nothing compared to Damn. just sitting in the doctor's office with this old ass white dude, you know, grabbing my wrist and, br- yeah, and breaking that that's shit right crazy. there. Yeah, yeah whose side are you on, fam? Yeah. Was it was it your shooting hand too? Yeah, it's my shooting hand. It's my right hand. Damn. So, I had to re they had to re-break it, um, recast it, and I'm like, all right, so this is another eight weeks. But with football, obviously you can be out there doing whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so I just I was casted up and I went out there and I was raw, you know, I wasn't I wasn't very good like my first couple months. I didn't know shit about the game. I remember my freshman year, I was playing like what's called Saturday games. I wasn't even good enough like the first four to six weeks to play on Friday with the real team. I was playing right. like, the scrub team because I didn't know I shit. So I did that, and then it just kind of went from there. But yeah, that that that's how the journey kind of started. So how did was it like weird? Kind of not that you didn't like football or anything like yeah. that. Was it weird being like you know I love basketball, but then you end up finding out you so amazing at this yeah. other sport? Was it kind of like kind of like a weird thing where you you know you still like love basketball, but you're like man, but this football seems like where it's at. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's exactly how it felt. But, like, um, to be honest, the thing about it was, like, with football, it took so much uh, time and so much effort to get used to it and to learn the game mm-hmm. and everything that I kind of almost forgot about basketball, to okay. be real. Like, I was so into, you know, all right, let me learn about football. Let me be the best DB I could be because I'm super competitive. So I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, all my friends are here. I want to play with them, and I want to be the best. And, uh, you know, I had we had a quarterback who was uh, highly recruit, uh, highly recruited that went to play at Stanford named Josh Nunez. So, you know, he was kind of like the chosen one. We had a good running back that went to Northwestern named Davion Fleming, one of my best friends. So, you know, there was kind of guys who were already like the chosen one uh, in the freshman class. And I kind of wanted to be one of those guys. So I, I was all in on football once I started playing. And like I didn't even really have time to, to take a step back and think about basketball anymore. I was just kind of all in on football and. And, and playing and, and being good. And yeah, like I never really went back to playing basketball to keep it, to keep it on. I never really went back to it. I just kind of stuck to football and, and mm-hmm. kind of fell in love with, you know, the aggressiveness and, and everything that kind of went into it. So then that was, you know, your end of sophomore year going into junior years when you started getting your offers. So then you said that junior year, you didn't play basketball or senior year. Yeah, I actually never played basketball in high school. I just, I just oh, kept I got it. You. Yeah, I just kept it with football because. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because it's so it took like, um, you know, it's there's a lot of work that goes into being good at anything, right? Whatever you're yeah. trying to do in life. So when football season ended, we were all training, uh, you know, getting ready for the next season, training with sports training facilities on the field, you know, catching, doing routes, doing everything. So Upland High School, the high school I went to. It's one of the top high schools in all of Southern California. It's really known for uh, churning out athletes and, and taking guys to college, taking them to the league. It's up there with Corona Centennial, where Vontez Burfecht went, where Will Sutton went, Brandon McGee, hey. uh, Michael Eubanks, all those guys. So, it, it, you know, it's a sports school, sports culture. Once you're good at Upland, you know, everybody in the whole area knows about you, one of those type of things. So, yeah, we took it seriously, man. It was like we treated it like a nine to five. We We were always together. We were always – working uh, in the weight room or on the field. We were always doing stuff with the coaches. We were always talking to scouts. So it was kind of like 
once I jumped into football, that was like my life was like football and around that shit, fit in the social life, fit in school. But it's all about, you know, football and then trying to get to the next level. Well, like I know. Uh, so where I'm from, the football team wasn't really that big. It was more like wrestling, lacrosse, mm. kind yeah. of the, sp- the spring sports. Yeah. Um, but Cali, it's like the Cali fall weather is our spring type shit. <laughs> so, you know, uh, when I moved out to Arizona my senior year of high school and the Friday Night Lights show just became big. Uh, I think, or not just became big, but was out west because back home they did Saturday games, uh, Saturday afternoons. Wait, really? And, Y'all did? Yeah. We didn't mm-hmm. do like Friday night game. They didn't. The school didn't even have lights. You know what I'm saying? So they, <laughs> <laughs> like they had They're to like, do uh, Saturday night or Saturday morning sunlight, my guy. <laughs> yeah, and maybe because it might be cloudy, G. But, <laughs> so yeah, uh, wasn't gonna say. But then I moved out here. I saw how serious it was or whatever. But like, so that's kind of unique, man. You getting offers and looks and recruits yeah. off like just the strength of you playing. How did it? Did it once you became like serious about it and you, you know, started getting other looks and shit? How did it become like that? Because I'm sure your friends knew of you as a basketball player, yeah. and you kind of had to like shift your identity and your mentality to just be like, Yeah, you know, like you said, it's more physical, it's a different animal in itself. Um, was, was there people that, like I was saying, amongst your peers or any of your friends that? was living that football life before you and still didn't get to that next level. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I say my best friend, uh, my homie Taj Johnson, was the opposite corner. And, you know, we were kind of inseparable. We did everything together. We went to training together. We had lunch together. Uh, you know, we hung out, scammed on females together, everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we were both, you know, trying to get to the next level. And, I think he only ended up with like one or two offers. He, you know, and this is going to, this story is going to let you know, like how the game really works. It's a business. Right. So right. Yeah. Uh, after junior year, he got an offer from Minnesota and committed. So we're like, cool, good bag secured. Everybody's good. Right. You know, four mm-hmm. or five of us that are talented. All right, cool. You know, we got our kind of next phase of life set and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then Minnesota's coaching staff gets fired. Oh and yeah. The whole scouting department kind of went ghost on him for like six months. And so he's kind of like, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, you know, but everything's still good. I'm still committed. And, you know, he reaches out to the new coaching staff right before our senior season is about to start. And the head coach is like hella dismissive to him, kind of lets him know, like, yeah, you know, uh, we're kind of restarting this whole recruiting process. So we're going to rescind that offer. And so it kind of, yeah, so it kind of threw his whole shit into limbo and, uh, you know, the, our quarterback, Josh Nunez, was like number three in the country. Um, I was in the ESPN top 250. I was one of the top DBs in the state, in the country. Our running back was as well. So everything went well for like three of us. And then, you know, my best friend, things didn't really go as well for him. And then it kind of like seeped into our personal relationship a little bit. Oh, as, as things went on, as I kept, you know, playing well and, and shit like that. And, and I had, you know, like I had one of the injuries I always dealt with during athletics was like the scar tissue in my ankle um, mm. just from running routes all the time and being really active that shit kind of adds up and I had a lot of inflammation yeah. and so I would sit out practice here and there and shit and, and whatever and I remember one time we were watching film about a game and you know somebody catches a route on me but I tweak my ankle a little bit 
And I mm-hmm. kind of come up and, you know, he made a comment about it in the film room about, oh, like you're faking it or some shit. And I got up like, like, nigga, who's faking what? Like, you know, kind of like, so I seen, I seen that process and the reality of it and looking back on it, it kind of like, it changed our relationship. We're still right. friends. We're still close, but it kind of like, it changed a little bit. So that's, that's a good question. Cool. Yeah. Are you guys boys today now? Yeah, he's still he's still one of my boys. All right, cool. When did you all right, so now uh when did you actually decide on ASU cuz you got a bunch of offers you were saying and how did it go down did you do Yeah some, like what what yeah. made you come to ASU bro like so um my cousin that I live with now um grew up in a small town in California it's on the border of Arizona and Cali it's called Blythe it's like a small ass town that's they crazy in it. they don't have a movie theater they don't have a grocery store. If you want to go to the grocery store, you got to go an hour and a half into Arizona to find a Costco. So my homie was... just opened a gas station out there. My boy Rob. Okay, so you know, yeah. Guy. yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. I yeah, swear so... to God, yeah, yeah. Blythe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, it's one of those towns where like you you either get out of Blythe and go somewhere else, or you end up like a drug addict on That's the streets, crazy. bum type. Yeah, like opioid crisis type shit, and so. I used to go out there during summers and spend all my time with my cousin and his friends. And that was like my, my little stranger things click, you know, we grew yeah. up, went on adventures, poked, you know, sleeping hobos together, all that crazy shit. <laughs> and uh, Trevor's family moved to Arizona and my cousin was out there as well. So I'm like, already kind of had that earmarked as a place that I would want to be. I spent a lot of time there as well during the summers and kind of knew about the state and everything is, you know, nice and cool out there. So ASU was always kind of on my radar as one of the schools I wanted to go to. Um, I was really thinking about SC and UCLA just because, you know, that's from my area. That's kind of like the Cali dream, especially right. SC. If you think about it, like Reggie Bush, right? all the man line all those guys, that's, that's kind of where you want to go and play. But just going through the recruiting process and kind of like, you know, being wise to everything and understanding that like, you know, these coaches are treating it like a business. They're a little two-faced about it, right? You can't really take them for their words so i was always looking for the best combination of like education lifestyle and playing time that was like the that was the biggest thing for me and so i was really thinking between like oregon ucla usc or one of the arizona schools those were kind of like my top five and then with ucla they had uh, rick newheisel as their coach but he was kind of on the hot seat because he wasn't doing well 
mm-hmm. and they were taking like four corners. So I'm looking at them like, so how much do y'all really fuck with me? How much do you really love me? You're taking like four guys from my class, right? So right. I'm not trying to let somebody play me, have me sit on the bench the whole time or anything like that. So that kind of took them out of the running. Same thing with SC, just because I'm like, man, I'm good, but they got they getting they're getting five star recruits every year. You know what I mean? So right. I'm like, yeah, I could go there. I could you know win out my position, blah blah blah. But I want to make sure it's a little bit easier. So it really was between Oregon, uh, U of A, and Arizona State. And when I went out to Arizona State, I just fell in love with the campus, with the school, with the blondes that I saw while I was out there. <laughs> right? You go, you go on your recruiting trip. Dude, it's sixty thousand like, uh, deep. Yeah, it's just what's that movie with Ray Allen? Oh, uh, duh. Yeah, dude. He got game. He got game. Is he got game when you go on your recruiting trip? That is really what it's, that's the experience <laughs> that's they try funny, to give dude. you. You know, they, they had like, you in the, they had you in the bed with two blinds. They, had, they had me with the volleyball girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny, dude. That's how they that doesn't surprise me much. much. So, yeah, so they take you out to dinner. You know, you meet like a couple of the DBs, blah, 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 chop it up. And then like, you know, hey, we're going to let you go back to your room, take a nap, do what you got to do, get dressed. We'll come pick you up at eight. We're going to this party over blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So my first experience with Arizona was going uh, to a party at Jack Elway's house, who's still my friend to this day, John Elway's son. And Which he, I was he, at. Yeah, I was at one of his parties, too. Yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. He had a, he had a lot. He, had, he was throwing a lot of parties back in the right, day, right. man. Uh, all in his daddy's dime. So, uh and yeah, everyone was me. like, he's skinny as shit, bro. He's the next quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So I went to, you know, a party at his house, and it was just, it was crazy. It was like some shit I've never seen. You know, growing up in high school, I'm, where I grew up is kind of like suburbs, but it's really slow. It's not a whole mm-hmm. lot to do. It's not like a fast-paced city city. So I, I'm just seeing how crazy everything is. Everything was fun. Females everywhere. Everybody's bad. So that, that was one of the things that jumped out to me. And then when I spoke with Erickson, he said, look, if you commit, we won't take any other corners from your class. We're going to take one Juco guy named Maquan Lewis, and that's it. And so we kind of had like a gentleman's, you know, deal. And I, I really like felt like he was genuine, which he is. He's like a genuine guy. So that, that was important to me was the relationship I had with the actual head coach and shit. And so he messed with me. I really messed with him. And that was what solidified my decision to like commit to Arizona State. And then besides from that, it was just the fact that I got tired of fucking – spending three hours a night on the phone with coaches because you have coaches you know like cold calling you hitting you up every night trying to get you trying to get your ear trying to talk to you for an hour hour half two hours oh this is yeah this is why this is why you got to come to stsu and you got you know all blah 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 all that sales pitch shit so it just got overwhelming after a certain point because i'm talking to all these coaches that i see on espn my whole life and i'm like fuck this guy's really calling me i'm really talking to him he's really trying right, right, right. to recruit me and i gotta like tell him no so i was just like man let me make my decision going into senior year uh, we were like ranked highly in the state we were ranked nationally we wanted to like try to win a championship and leave our legacy at our school and so i just committed to arizona state got that shit over with and and that was basically what happened do you do any wild shit like on the commercials? Like, do you do like a BB gun shit and like <laughs> run to a top of a hill and like wave an ASU flag? You do the hat fake out, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, nah, or like nah. you eat 30 hot dogs and you that puke, was... and then once you puke, it's like the ASU colors. <laughs> all, that cra- all that crazy shit started like after that was like right after our time, right after we left like high school. That, oh, I, think I got that's, you. That's part of why I had so much attention, why guys started getting so much attention was. Like uh, Max Preps, Rivals, YouTube, you know, video, all that shit just started to 
Well, uh, funny story about Quan Lewis, man. He actually, he was the homie too. And I threw a house party one time and he was over there and we played a game of bags or cornhole and he smoked me, fam. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, are you good at everything? Like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah. And, but he was cool as shit though. Yeah, and then he, the he, he went to, he ended up on the practice squad of the Titans, right? And the Jets, I think he, uh, we call him Crackhead. He had Crackhead speed. <laughs> He's one of the fastest, tight, one of the fastest uh, people I've ever seen. Him and uh, my homie Devron Carr were for sure like the two fastest. So, dude, so amongst the other dudes in your class, you had, was a Dory Jackson in there? Or uh, he a couple years after you? I think he was. I think he was. He might have been there like as a freshman when I was a senior. But you played in li- alongside Marcus Peters, right? Or he was. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand twelve. Hey, Washington. Wow. Was he as wild then as he is now? Marcus. Uh, Marcus Peters shut down Jalen. Keep it a buck. He, he, really? Yeah. I mean, oh, there yeah. was that. There was that one game though that Jalen got the best of him though when it was in Washington. When. when they, and, there was a specific play where uh, Marcus was clapping his hands at him, right? <laughs> and then Jalen like gave him a little jello and then get, got a touchdown on the slant, <laughs> like in the red zone. But I don't. Maybe the other three years or other two years, Jalen was with them. He got shut down. Yeah, that's how it goes. It's, it's a battle. It's a battle. But uh, yeah, when they came, when Washington came to play us, he he did his thing. Marcus did his thing. Yeah, yeah I bet that. Um, who else? All right, so other players you probably play against uh, Ty Montgomery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon Good. Cooks. Speedster, Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen, where did he go? Because I didn't know that. Keenan went. Keenan Allen went to Cal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So him, him and Marvin Jones are. I probably say like the two best receivers I played against. You know who Marvin Jones is? Yeah, on the on the Lions, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's from my area. Me and him know each other from high school. He went to Etiwanda, and my I, my first battle with him was was in high school. So I already knew he was a dog. I already knew he was good, and coming into the game. He was talking hella shit, like, to the media, everything. Like, can nobody guard me? I mean, it was, like, week six into the season. I think he had a 1,000 yards already, blah, blah, Damn. blah. Yeah. That was the game where I kind of, like, made my name for myself when I played up against him. And I kind of, like, you know, locked him up. And then on the other side, I had, like, two touchdowns. So I played really well. Nice. And he showed me love. We showed each other love. And so me and him still kind of cool to this day. But, yeah, him and uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, for sure, I'd say, is the best receiver I played against. Yeah, I, I believe we're running some Chris routes. Yeah, yeah, he's that's crazy, dude. And then, uh, what about so what was his name? Um, so then, like playing against Jalen in practice, though, like what kind of what kind of energy is that, dude? Like, do you go 100%? Like, or is there like a fear of injury or some shit like that? Like, how's that go down? Yeah, you go 100% every rep. I got you. You got the eye in the sky, everything you do at practice is recorded. And you know, you, you, we watch film. They they take apart every single play for technique, offense, defense. Sometimes we watch film together uh, because it's all about obviously getting better and all that shit. So in practice, especially during one on ones, me and Jalen uh, used to go. We used to go at it. We used to go at each other the whole time. Um, especially during camp when we went up to Camp T, Camp Tonazona, where there's no cell phones, there's no nothing. It's just yeah, you know, two a days. Meeting start at 6 a.m. You don't get back to your bed till 9 p.m. Wake up at 5 a.m. Right? You do that shit for like 20 days. So Damn. that's the yeah, that's just the grind, grind right before the season. And going into senior year, that's when we both kind of like I I would uh give Jalen credit for like helping me take my game to the next level. It was because I right. had to like I had to bring it against him every single day, and he was dogging everybody but me. 
<laughs> I think, and I think after one of his first practices, he, you know, kind of showed love, showed respect, and said, "Yeah, that's the best corner I've played against." It's kind of like a welcoming to college football because I, you know, I was there for three years. I played with Omar Bolden. I played with a lot of guys who ended up playing in the league and were just, you know, had the right mindset about working hard and getting better. So, me and him, me and Jalen was kind of like iron sharpening iron. We were both going at each other all practice every day, trying to get better. That's tight, dude. Uh, I had uh, talking to Tyler, the homie Soka. He was saying that, like, out of all the schools you played, uh, Oregon is, like, the fastest. Like, they're not the biggest dudes, but, like, for some reason, they're just conditioning. It's crazy. And those dudes were just, like, A, fast as shit, and also never get tired. Um, yeah, they, it's that offense. They run that, yeah. that like, fast pace when they had chip. So uh, I've gone to a couple different stadiums. I've gone. I, I can't really fuck name the name of them, but I've been to Washington, the Huskies stadium. Um, I've gone to, uh, of course, you know, Sun Devil, and then um, Washington State, or what is it called? In uh, Pullman. Yeah, Pullman. But what was the uh, the craziest like crowd you've heard? Utah. Um, Utah. Uh, you, surprise, you, surprise. Utah, yeah, 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 bro. Let's talk, let's talk. Let's talk about. Oh no! Nah. I yeah, want to hear man. about it. Messy yeah, Jesse the, zone. Yeah, yeah. So all that Westbrook shit you've been hearing—that's Utah. Utah. Oh, we knew. Yeah, but I, yeah. I guess we figured it out. That that was the most racist crowd I've ever been around. Really? And I think it's just like I don't think there's a lot of black people in Utah. So bro, it's like, it's like less than one percent. Yeah, and that's what it, that's what it comes down to. It's just it's just like the cultural thing. So. They were, I mean, they were throwing shit at Vontez, throwing shit at Shelly, throwing shit at Brandon, you know, making monkey noise, everything you could think of Ooh. when we were there. But, like, you know, Vontez and them, they're from the hood. They, they don't play with that shit. So they're going <laughs> back to them, you know, game, saying, fuck you, I'll fuck you out. Everything was getting crazy. So I said Utah was like yeah. the craziest, crazy. one of the craziest crowds. And I didn't expect them to be, I expected them to just be some like, you know, like some Mormons. Just and it's crazy. Yeah, they're just like happy that they got a team yeah, and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, I, I was, there black, I was, like, I was, was there black dudes on Utah? A lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't understand that. Like, as, me, I'm like, I, I guess if, if Utah's the only one that came to knock it, I'm just like, hey, I guess I'm going to Utah. But like, you know what I mean? Like, how you, like, I, any other school, I'm probably picking that school over the school. Yeah. But I mean, first game, I see motherfuckers like doing racial slurs. I'm like, Hey, I got I got math with you, fam. You know <laughs> so, what I mean? So is it like is it real racist or is it like selective? Like in the heat, even still, I, I, I can't. I, yeah, but that's the weird thing about it. It's because yeah. they show love to their team. They like they truly love their team. They love their players. So it's mm-hmm. it's a weird. Nah, they weird... not about to. They not about to. I'm not racist. <laughs> I got a black friend, me, bro. I'm out. <laughs> Hell nah. I'm like, yo, nah, bro. I'm about to hit these transfers fucking letters real quick. Hell no. But that's that's. I mean, that's a an essence of racism in itself, though. Like categorizing, being like. There's only a certain type of black people I like. And right, like, no, 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 you're one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, hell no. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it don't work like that, fam. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, that's wild because we've, you know, as I've definitely progressed as, you know, an audience, a spectator of sports, I've kind of dialed it down with, like, you know, talking shit to players and stuff like that. I never really did from a college aspect. I will say, like, some of the games where you guys lost – it took like I took it. It's a different feeling from when you watch like the Yankees or Giants lose because it's like just people you look up to. Yeah. Where it's like when I looked out to you guys, it's like oh the homies are getting like yeah, watched yeah, right yeah. now, that you know? Right, right. And like I remember 2013, the game you know Pac-12 championship, and uh, you know like one game away from the Rose Bowl. Yeah. 
And dude, that shit just broke my heart because, like, you know, after a while, it was like, yo, like, I'm trying to, I want to fight the other dudes on the sideline because, like, <laughs> they going at the homies, you know? And, uh, but yeah, man. Um, so beyond like racist stuff, obviously, was that like what some of the wildest like trash talk you've heard from like other players and shit like that? Cause I'm sure some wild shit goes on between the lines. You'd be surprised that like, for some reason, like receivers and DBs don't really go at each other like that. That's what, really? that's the one thing. Yeah. That's the one thing people would be surprised about in college. Damn. I don't know about the pros, but it's usually like the front seven. It's usually like the niggas in the trenches that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that's where the testosterone needs to be. And that's where like the game is won. Cause nobody yeah. really be paying attention to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we're, we're just like, we're tired. <laughs> we're aroused. We're talking to each other about what coverage, what route combination. It's not like a whole lot of time. You trying to remember what route you run in, yeah, making sure well, you're good. Yeah, remember the game plan. Oh, the, you know, trips over here. What do we think they're gonna do? Make a play. So mm-hmm. it's not as it's a lot of respect from receivers and DBs, just in general at the college level. And I think so, D line, there's a lot more talking, like people trying to go at Will Sutton because he was just a beast in there, yeah, causing he's a monster, havoc. Bro. Yeah, he's a monster, but he's the uh, nicest guy off the field. Yeah, it's tight. What's funny is Will graduated in December of 13 or December. Yeah, December of 13. And he graduated my boy, Patty. And what's funny is uh, his name is Will Sutton. My boy is Patty Scenarios. So they were like right after each other in the fucking list. Right? <laughs> and I was like, yo, I was like, I was like, yo, Will, congrats, bro. And he posed like as if I was going to take a picture of him. <laughs> and I was like, fam, I don't got a camera. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, he just kept yeah. the movie. He's like, all right. And then just kept the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, he's funny as shit, bro. I mean, I will say, um, I still, you know, humble brag. I- I'll be on the field every now and then, you know, a couple media badges in, the- in there. <laughs> uh, and every now and then I'll just smoke with some of the other team, uh, some dude from Oregon last year. Um, I got this LT that's uh, it's it's Sparky, but like he's dressed as a ninja. And uh, <laughs> was it the Oregon player was running out the tunnel, and I I just looked at him. I was like, "Yo, that shit's quiet. That shit's quiet." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, word. Well, you got. I like your tea. You got the best tea out here." <laughs> I was like, "Word, word. We did. Then we, we, and then, like, then we dapped up, and I was like." You compliment me, you, I fuck with you. Psychology, yeah, right, yeah. And then, uh, like the rest of the game, I was like, "Man, fuck Oregon. Number twenty three is cool, though." Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, funny. But uh, yeah, man, it's funny because like uh, Ty and I—not to say like we're the perfect spectators, but we've definitely digressed and been like, "Listen, like if a professional or a college D one athlete can't make a catch, then nobody else is gonna make that catch." Right, right, right. right. So how do you? So I know, like, and I think I, as I've gotten older, I've learned like the mental aspect of sports. So yeah. physically speaking, like, yeah, if you drop the pass, boom, that's the physical part. But mentally, how do you contain yourself when people boo as if like, man, fuck you. Y'all wouldn't have caught this either. Right. So how do you like mentally compose yourself at just being like, all right, man, they, they just mad at the world, you know, not just me. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good like uh question and perspective. Cause it's like, everybody's human. So everybody kind of Mm-hmm. feels a certain way about it like i was saying ben simmons cost me some money and he was getting booed <laughs> in philly right and then he went right. on twitter say you know keep that same energy so i think a lot of people like that's how we felt especially like my first two years we sucked before Erickson got fired and tempe was letting us have it y'all were booing the people yeah. were, you know y'all wasting my money blah 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 but on the field when you make like a play 
you have so much adrenaline and there's so much that goes into the game and focusing on executing the game plan and like trying to get your bread, which is what we say, right? There's scouts everywhere. So yeah. you're so into the game that you don't really have time to like think about mm. that shit, to, to worry about it. You just gotta, you just gotta keep playing. And, and in football, you know, it's hard anyway. So when something doesn't go your way, it's like flush, flush that shit out the mental. You gotta like line back up and play, especially myself playing DB. It's like you get beat, you get beat. You still gotta get up and go cover the next route, stop right. the play. So you can't really like worry about that shit. And you, you kind of get hardened through it. Like the more you experience it, the more you get used to it, the more you just deal with that shit. I right. feel you. On some Earl Thomas shit, have you ever like lined up against a team you turned down an offer for or a school? And then, like, you ball out in front of them and kind of show the coach, like, oh, word, like, you missed out. You thought, you know what I'm saying? Like, Utah, my. (laughs) Get them. Speak on it. Because when, uh, so Erickson got fired and then we hired Todd Graham and automatically it's like we're a better team because he was just like, Erickson was kind of checked out and Graham was like, you know, hungry. He was trying to prove himself. So Dennis Erickson goes to Utah and he's the offensive coordinator. And he recruited me. He recruited Alden Darby. He recruited Robert Nelson. And when we went to Utah, we kind of felt like the game plan was, like, disrespectful to us as DBs. We were, like, at the time, we were second or third in the nation in pass defense, and he was, like, attacking us through the air type shit, or at least trying to. And so, yeah, that that shit made me feel a a certain type of way. And, like, Rob had a pick late at the game. You know, I played really well, made good coverages. Um, so So did Alden. And at the end of the game, it was, like, they had one ser- like one series to kind of like get back in the game and it was fourth down and I was playing press coverage against this white boy and they called, they dialed up like a fade on my side. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. So that shit obviously was incomplete, but I'm looking at you know, <laughs> the sidelines and I'm looking at the press box, like trying to let him know, like I'm, I'm looking at you and I was like waving my hand at him, like, you know, like, fuck you type, like, right. how dare you come, like try to come at me type shit. So that fade was like, with the game on the yeah, line. Okay. Yeah, that's how, so I was like, I still love him. That's like my coach, but I, but like I still kind of have that up against him. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's the type of mentality you have as a like a competitor. Is like y'all gonna go at everybody but me today. So I was like, oh, some fuck you type shit. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So then, I man, that's funny as shit. So then, like recently, <laughs> did you see that commercial of the NCAA, like the athlete, the day in the life of an athlete? I've seen a couple of them. I don't know exactly which one. There's this one that everyone's clowning on Twitter. They lit up and everything. This dude, yeah. I pray. Yo, your man wakes up, right? Dancing for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> wakes up. He's all happy. Happy as fuck, bro. Happy as fuck. His hair's already done. He's just like, does, I don't it think he's already he, sponge, bro. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> he the sponge. Yeah, Damon brushes teeth and nothing. <laughs> so then he's just walking out and then he's in class and then someone's like showing him like a worksheet. He's like, oh, word. And then two seconds <laughs> and then two seconds later, it pans away and he's in the like the courtyard just dancing, doing some sort of shit. Hanging again. out with friends. Yeah. yeah, hanging out with friends. And then it shows him on a basketball court taking one shot and then it pans away and then it goes him going to bed again. And it's just like they're just trying to depict, like, see how easy yeah, it is, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're like, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is a grind. Yeah, so what was like, yeah, like like you said, six to nine. That was Cam Tanizano. Yeah. But what was like the night? What was the the grind like through on the football during the football season? It's the, it's the same. It's always it's always a grind. And one of the things people don't realize about like uh, college athletics and scholarships is that you have to be enrolled in school year round. Mm-hmm. So we don't, you don't get like a summer. We actually have to take summer classes. You have to, to get, to be on scholarship. So it's a, 
if you're there four years, five years, three years, whatever, it's a it's a year round thing. Twelve That's months. That's crazy. I didn't even know all that either. Yeah, yeah I did not know that. Exactly. And during the season for us, it's like, okay, um, you know, taping before practice starts at six. So if you need tape treatment, you got to go in at six. Offense and defense team meetings start at like eight. From there, you go to offense and defense separate in different rooms, and you have hour long meeting. Then after that hour long meeting, you go to position groups. And you spend another hour watching film of practice or watching film of who you're going to play. And then after that, you meet as a team one more time before practice. Then you go out in that hot-ass field and that hot-ass sun. Yeah. Stare at the bubble because you ain't going to use that shit. You're going to be outside baking. Damn. And then you're out there for three hours practicing. And then, you know, by that time, it's like one or two. And then you still got to go to class. You still I was going to say, when do y'all go to class? Yeah, after yeah. Yeah, then, then, then you're tired <laughs> as hell. And you got to go to class and they send the GAs everywhere to make sure niggas are in class. Mm-hmm. Niggas go home and take naps and don't go to class because they're tired. <laughs> yeah. So they send the GAs around, like, you know, like ice, checking every classroom, <laughs> to make sure who's there. So that shit is, you know, the whole season. And then after season, you get, you know, like three weeks off and then everything starts back up and we have spring ball. And spring yeah. ball is the same practice schedule. You practice three times a week and then you scrimmage on Saturday morning. And obviously the scrimmage is on Saturday morning, so niggas aren't partying on Friday. So it's Saturday like, night. you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you only got like Saturday night to be free. Watch you watch film Sunday morning and then it's right back to it. So it's like a you know, it's a that commercial is hilarious. I gotta I'm gonna look that shit up. Yeah, I'll post <laughs> it. I'll post it in the uh like the when we've dropped the link and shit, I'll post it. Bro, in hilarious. I was, I was, like, I went to like my school didn't have a football team, but we had D one basketball, and like I had classes with like the the players. They were never in class. Yeah. So, like they didn't. They were just practicing, and I'm like, yeah. why even schedule the classes? The yeah, same time? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I have a funny story about Tyler. Dog, we took a class together. It was called career development, and it was on <laughs> it was on Thursdays, right? Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you you guys had a class. You got. Fun fact, you guys had a game against Utah on ESPN. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it was in Utah. So, or, no, my bad. You guys were playing Washington State. It was in Washington State on ESPN, though, Thursday night game. And we were always boys, so we always just, like, you know, talk to each other in class. And and after class, he's like, yo, wait up. I got to tell the professor something. I was like, all right, bet. And the professor's like, by the way, you know, our papers are due Thursday. So you got to be here Thursday to hand in the papers. And Salka's like, hey, um, we have a game Thursday night. Uh, so I'm not going to be here. It's in Utah. And she goes, well, you need to think about what's more important. School, <laughs> school or football. And he looks back at me and I kind of shrug my shoulders like, I-, I don't know what to say. And he looks back at her and he goes, football is more important. <laughs> Like, bro, the only reason why he's there is because of football. Football, yeah. Because yeah. he knows, like, all you got to do is go to – you got to just go to your coach. Go to one of the coaches and they'll – Yeah. It'll, it'll make some shit happen. Like, it was like, so ooh, funny because – a professor that don't know how this shit works. Yeah. She was like, is, if that's what you've decided, he's like, it was decided for me. <laughs> like, they, yeah, they put the schedule out a while ago. Exactly. <laughs> the funniest part, he's like, it's going to be on TV, on ESPN. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like I gotta be there, man. Like <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah, he was funny as shit, dude. That's how our friendship started. He used to ha- ask me for paper like every day for a week, <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, what the fuck you got in your bag? A football?" <laughs> <laughs> 
and he sure as shit had a football in his bag. I was like, bro, you ain't shit. I'm Jesse. You know? <laughs> and then we were just rocking from there, dude. And then, uh, yeah, I was boys with Vontez. And then even before that, bro, I actually took a couple years off. Um, and I did a sales job that made me travel throughout. So I wasn't in school like that. But I was still kind of – I was on uh, injured leave because I also got shoulder surgery. Um, or medical leave, whatever they called it. Medical freeze, whatever the fuck. Anyway, um, Keegan Herring and some of the other dudes like, uh, fuck, what's his name? Keegan Herring and um, Demar- or not Demario, but uh, yeah, no, nah, it was Keegan. He he was, uh, they lived in my apartment complex, right? And they were all under 21. So one time they rolled up and I was living with the, the dude that would buy them beer. And he wasn't home. He wasn't home one weekend, and they rolled up and they're like, "Yo, is John here?" And I was like, "Nah, what's up? What y'all need?" And they're like, "Oh, he usually buys us beer." And I was like, "Damn, sorry, fellas." And then he and then they dipped, and then the door not, knocks again, and it's them again. They're like, "Yo, you over twenty one, fam?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then uh, I got them beer and shit. I was like, "Where? Just don't tell Coach Everson, bro." <laughs> and uh, but anything like that. But it was funny, dude. Um. But yeah, man, getting to it. So after football, bro, um, what are you kind of doing right now, and what's uh, you know the next chapter looking for, looking at? Yeah, that's a that's the the catch twenty two and like the million dollar question. I think mm-hmm. for like any athlete, or for like I say anyone in general, but more specifically for athletes, like you just said, like when you're an athlete, you feel like the main reason you're there is for the sport, is for football, and that's how like everything is kind of set up. It's kind of like pushes you in that direction to focus more on sports than on moving on professionally or what you're going to do. So like a lot of guys get lost. I think for me, it's just like, it was different because my family, my family's like Nigerian. So it's like a different culture. It's like be educated, do good in school, right, like right. be successful type shit on that, like foreigner type shit. So for me, I kind of took education seriously. And my older brother um, has his own digital marketing agency in LA that's cleaning up that services, like all the legal firms in Los Angeles doing like full digital marketing services for them. So I just kind of hopped in with him when I was done, knew I was going to do that shit. Um, and then went to SC. So I'm a little bit of a trader, went to SC and got my master's, got my MBA. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I got the plug. Congrats. Yeah. I got yeah, to keep it real. I got like the plug. My mom works for SC. So oh, I got so you to, get like, to take the classes for free. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, so that shit, I, like I'm getting my master's with people taking out like 60 K plus, you know, interest yeah. for loans. I'm like, oh, this is just like a quick little bag for me. So I went and did that. <laughs> shit. When did that and yeah, now I'm just trying to like, Oh no, I'm just kind of like trying to embrace everything. Like still working with my brother, but it's not what I want to do long term, Right. I want to do like my own shit, but I feel like on some deeper shit, it's like something that everybody goes through. Everybody, something that everybody right. thinks about like, where, what do you really want to do? What do you want to yeah. dedicate yourself to? You know, right. it's like, Nobody's trying to sit in that fucking corporate office for 12 hours a day, nigga. Nobody's oh. trying to do that shit. No, no so definitely <laughs> off that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been on that. And it's funny, dude, because, like, I feel like a lot of part in life is, like, you kind of, you think your identity is just based on what you're currently doing. Yeah. So, like, at that time, you thought you were a basketball player, then you turned into yeah. a football player, and now yeah. you're, you're an SEO specialist or digital marketer. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, I feel like people get caught up on, like, defining themselves, like, for eternity like yo if i gotta be a doctor i'm a doctor right yeah. you know what i'm saying and you realize that's only a couple jobs that are like that yeah. most of the time it's just fluid yeah you know I mean? yeah you gotta yeah. be like adaptable you gotta like adapt yeah, I think, like sure. people let like society tell them 
when there's like they make like society kind of puts pressure on people to make them feel like life has to be like on a timer like right. you gotta grow up and take like a serious like you should get the house in. Yeah, you should yeah, get so, married yeah, in. So have just, a baby now yeah, like exactly. nah, it's just, just doing your own like letting that shit come mm-hmm. as it come like let it come as it goes and just go with the flow like it's kind of like a river and just see where life kind of fucking takes you you know right. like, trying to so I think like our generation is a little bit different. I think we switch it up. We're like hella adaptable. Yeah. Everybody's kind of got their own side hustle. Everybody's kind of got their own plan of escaping from that like corporate structure type bullshit. So yeah. it's just like you said, it's just you just gotta like embrace it. Embrace every day, embrace the challenge of finding out like what you're gonna be, what you're gonna do, and just let life kind of come to you. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, with that dude, we always talk about how like, you know. We were joking about before about like you know racist fans or people that get on you for being just an athlete or whatever it is like we kind of try to explore like the human side of an athlete besides just like oh the fact that he just you know beats people up or whatever the sport may be um so i think you get that a lot too though you know trying to identify like yo there's more to me than just the athleticism yeah um more than just you know more than an athlete you know not to be cliche but uh there's definitely things that, you know, you try to expand on, like, and like you said, you're into digital marketing, but then also you're, you know, trying to question like what you want to do. And I think the cool thing of what makes me feel good is knowing that like not anybody kind of has it all figured out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even people know. who may look like it, they don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, hey, yep. Uh-huh. People that don't, they, they spend a lot of time trying to make it look like they do have it, you know? But, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, with that, man, appreciate you coming to the pod, man, and spending the time with us. I know you said you got some family shit going on soon. Um, usually around this time, do we do Song of the Week. Burn, burn, burn. burn, burn. <laughs> with uh, a couple of songs. A couple of songs. Uh, the way I do it is I do old school, like it's kind of like a theme that's been throughout the week, a song that could be like the soundtrack of the week, like whatever, like the, the most hot, you know, pressing topic i've been pushing and for this week it was the fact that i walked the fuck out of lolo's chicken and waffles <laughs> with my chest because i don't mind so today for song of the week we going old school from immature i don't mind okay wow you thought okay um <laughs> the way i usually do this one is um you know i'm out here checking on the mu- new music out in these streets uh we had some new anderson pack drop yeah uh I, I don't know. I'm a big Anderson Pac fan. You know, I was probably the minute I listened to Malibu. Um, and I went back and listened to his some of his old shit. Um, but then he, he dropped uh what's it called? Um Damn see I, the last album he dropped, not the Ventura, not the one he just dropped, the one the before, one before that, that shit disappointed me. Uh <laughs> yeah, like it was some it's some songs on there that are good. The one with Kendrick is good, tense. Um, yeah. The one he got on there with Cole is good. The one he got on there with Q-Tip is good. But like overall, from like what I wanted, it wasn't it wasn't what I, you know what I expect from Pac. So like he dropped a new album, which kind of tells you like how he he probably felt about the album. Yeah. He already dropping a new one six months later. Uh, so Ventura, uh, that shit's fire. Every every song kind of hits. Um, he got different shit for different moves on there. Um, so I'm glad that he came back with something good. I definitely get that. You know, up there four or five bucket hats. Um, so definitely check that out. My song of the week, though, is my boy Lil Uzi Vert, Sanguine Paradise. <laughs> he came back with some yeah. shoulder shimmy music. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm de- so definitely be out on the lookout for that. Check that out. Hopefully his album drops soon. I don't know what the fuck's going on with his label. So 
That'd be he, cool. They got him in one of those 360 deals. That's what, yeah. that's what happened. He just figured it out. That's how mm-hmm. the industry gets you. Yeah, I don't. It sucks because it's like so many people are on that shit. Because mm-hmm. you, you know, you all you only hear the outliers. People say, Oh, I own all my masters. Like, yeah. Which is like 21 Savage. I don't, that's kind of wild. But like, you know, and like Nipsey had all the rights to his shit. Yeah. But, you know, most people be like, they just trying to get out of the hood. So they're yeah. like, you trying to sign me? You trying to you give me give a bonus? Advance. Yeah. yeah, like I bet. So that sucks that because, like, I mean, Uzi's been big for like two, three years now. Mm-hmm. So he probably like, yeah, the checks ain't hitting the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I get it. He pissed. <clears throat> that song do go hard though. Yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. I'll give y'all an honorary uh, song of the week just for being oh, a guest. For sure. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Um, I guess it's got to be Nipsey. I'll say hu- mm-hmm. hustle and hustle and motivate. Great that was song. my song. That shit got me through college, got me through days of camps. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously being from SoCal, Nipsey, uh, what happened to Nipsey is kind of super fucking unfortunate. And Terrible. That shit, that shit felt like, for people out here, it felt like you lost a cousin. That's mm-hmm. that's 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 how it really hit everybody when that news broke on a Sunday. It didn't really feel real. So um, it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it was like a moment in, in hip-hop culture, in urban society where we kind of got to look internally and wag our finger at that type of shit and be like yeah we gotta stop killing each other we gotta like show each other a little bit more love and not let shit escalate like that so right. that it's gotta be nipsey for me it's hustling to motivate yeah man right. i appreciate that and i definitely didn't know how big he was until kind of after he passed and you know like i didn't know he was much of an influence because like i said i'm new york to the bone bro so i'm la ignorant as i often say <laughs> and, yeah uh, i, I think know? i said it last last uh, episode it's kind of like real like when you know real recognize real, so like when a real nigga like that kind of gets yeah. hit the way that he did, everybody is like, "Yo, like that dude was, you know what I mean? He was out here giving back. He was yeah. always genuine. Like you know what I'm saying? For somebody to take him out, it's just like that's fucked up, you know." But yeah, man. Um, other than that, dude, we appreciate you coming out. We also want to let the buckets know, man, for everyone. Uh, you know, I was telling y'all I was indecisive and I didn't know. Cause I about paying for my bill because I was antsy and anxious. <laughs> and uh, shouts to the sponsor, Sunday Scaries, man. We got gummies that will alleviate the anxiety that uh, everybody <laughs> for us. So just we got, to- we got to do these sponsors early on in the yeah, pod, totally forgot. But yeah, <laughs> I was fine. We got a new sponsor, bro. We got to plug them. So, We're yeah, yeah, I'm a massage them, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, definitely yeah. check out sundayscaries.com. Um, you know, when you go there, use the promo code Bucket Up. You can get ten percent off of the the gummies to ease your anxiety, um, ease your Sunday scaries, all the good shit. Yeah, bro, it's like the idea of like fuck Monday's coming and like Sunday's not that long enough, so you get the anxiety. But if you eat one of these gummies, bro, you just be cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to like superimpose that to the to the front of the pot. Yeah, it's whatever. But anyway, bro, again, eighty one volume of the Bucket Up podcast is in the books, bro. For the kid JB, for DJ Buttersoft, for special guests. Osahan Irabor, number 24. Used to be, what, number 18? And then you switched it up? Yep, yep. Look at yeah, you doing your research. I know my mm-hmm. shirt. You know what I'm saying? But I appreciate you coming out, man. But for the Buckets, for the Bucket Hat Boys, we are out. I appreciate you. All right, Ty. Thanks, man. Later, bro. We be throwing money in a spiral. Every time your girl hear my song, yeah, turn her right into my hole. She shake I'm her ass through the eye roll. Got a skinny thong like a tie rope. I be blowing up like some pyro. Coop 150, call it Cairo. If she left with me, she the right hoe. Man, she rotting me like a BMX. Man, she said the D is for dino. I got two horns like a rhino. It's no way you could buy home, but I brought a mansion with a slide though. Yes, I opened up the slide though, so you can hear it.
keep coming in, yeah. I can't lose. No. Money keep coming in, yeah. I can't lose. No. Foreign girls in they tents, I can't choose.